Children with strong academic abilities often fail to discover their other abilities. Don't cultivate intelligence. Cultivate wholeness of perspective, wisdom, inner peace, and take on challenges and meaningful missions. So that's uh, the quote. The quote around children with strong academic abilities comes from our, our man, Ken Robinson, mm. who we're unpacking on like this podcast series. And, and that book, Out of Our Minds, and we've been talking about that for a couple of episodes, Luke. And uh, I feel like we may have gone over this a little bit yesterday, but I, I think that, have you seen that at all? I'll repeat the quote. Children with strong academic abilities often fail to discover their other abilities. Do you know what that means? I guess I'm taking the easy way out here and referring back to when you developed a fixed mindset a little bit, but potentially they would, if you'd have a lot of success in that domain, might steer them towards going to, you know, going towards a very academic domain potentially and not like pursuing other things where they might not do as well. Like going, if you're very smart, yeah, you're, you're going down a pathway, right? Mm. So mm. I think I didn't really get this. And I guess our high school was good at giving you the broader picture a bit, encouraging you to do art and stuff like that. But it's, it's, it is hard. A good example I am an example of is because I had good grades and everything at school, but my dream was film. There was a pressure to, do to, something go, to make something what a funny default to actually use the marks mm. for something that was the waste. Mm, Joe, you got a 99 ATAR. You better, yeah, yeah, you better exactly. make use of that. What are you, you going to do? Make, medicine? You better make what use of it. Do? I mean, obviously you go without the box for a sec. The whole game of school and that is a construct. It's just been built. It was built by why, why it's not inherently meaningful. <laughs> if you built towers out of poo at school, someone else would have been the smart kid, <laughs> <laughs> right? And everyone would be like, but you can build a tower of poo that this, this, that's this tall. You've got to do something with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then like if you, if you take it something that we completely think is ridiculous, then you can you say, no, that's ridiculous. But if I bring it to something that's just so heavily entrenched to our lives now, you say, these guys, this is a weird podcast. What, what's, you, you know, if you're smart, that's you're smart. Like there's no questioning that I would question it. Absolutely. Cause what logic is there in taking someone away from what they dream to do in a supposedly materially comfort, comfortable welfare society, one of the li most livable cities in the world in Sydney. What the fuck is the point of all that? If someone who's 18 can't immediately start working on their dream. I got no answer. And what really happens is that most people now who I think they're still in a better position, maybe in a better position than a generation ago, but maybe they, they just didn't have as many options. So they wouldn't feel this is that people who are our age are coming to like a point of realization now about the reality of what they're interested in compared to the pathway they've invested in maybe for maybe 10 years at this point, not to say anything is wasted because you learn and profit from any experience, right? The book 18 and lost a lot of that story is built on my experiences. 
So it's been alchemized into something positive, which is great. It's what you should always strive to do. doesn't mean you've got to publish it, but pardon me, but reflect on it, learn from it. What am I not going to do again? So that's, if you're in that category, like be positive about the situation. But yeah, it's like, wow, is there a delay of 10 years or more for a lot of people? Because mm. re- like, how good is it really, this environment we're living in? So what, what, he, what that quote means is that I had that other, I believe I had that other, not even ability. I don't like ability because it suggests that you got to be good at it to give it a go. I think you can be terrible at it, but just care enough and be committed enough. I really think there's, uh, there's a lot of, you know, there's famous actors who have never had training, who just worked away. There's people who've come to fight incredible odds. There was a podcast episode a couple of years ago I listened to. I think it was on, I forget the name. I don't want to say it wrong. There was, they made a book, Freakonomics. I can't remember. She just decided, oh, can I become a good singer? She had no, no recognizable singing ability. Oh, sorry. She had no recognizable singing ability. She just decides, see if I can, and she became like quite good. And they played a recording of her after all her training and stuff. Like singing is one of those things you kind of told you got it or you don't. It's actually, I think it's bullshit. I think you can actually work on it. If you're willing to put in the mm. steps, you can get decent. I don't know if you'll ever be uh, Beyonce or Pavarotti. Except I think Luke could, but I'm kind of jumping all over here. Coming back to the point, because you are uh, thriving on the metrics that society does value, it can be dangerous because it might lead you away from what you're most aligned doing in a nutshell. Mm. And I, I planted the seed yesterday that if we're not optimizing who we're looking for or trying to work with encourage for intelligence, what are those variables we're really hoping to see in people? And I'll resist the urge to just jump in and I'll, I'll leave the space for you to potentially say something that's incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. What do you have? No, no, do you have let thoughts? Me, uh... Do you have thought? No, let me be an idiot. Please do it. So you can make a mockery of me. But do you, do you, do you see things like these are traits that are really good in people? These are traits that'll make them thrive in any situation. As long as they're Are you approaching a certain attitude. All right. So say you're hire you're you're hiring. Yeah. You've got a company, you're hiring. Mm. You've got someone who's one who's applying for the role, great marks at school, um, great marks at university, got a degree, got all the qualifications. Yeah. But let's let's just say, for argument's sake, can't tell if they're really what they why they really want the job. You, yeah. you don't know. And you don't really click with them. Mm. Got another person with no qualifications, but is like super, super eager for yeah. the role, right? See, there's a big, there's a big difference, and that there's a subtle picking up on someone's energy is subtle, but it's there, and it's if you look for it, it's very noticeable. And I guess if I would approach that, you know, the way two people communicate, how in tune they are with, you know, body language and all this different sort of stuff is a massive, is a huge thing, depending on the role, obviously. Yeah, of course. But, you know, you just ask them, 
a bunch of different questions, try and get an understanding of who, who they are. You know, you would ask some tricky questions to sort of put people on the spot and see what their answers are. That's also tricky because, you know, in interviews, I'm taking into hypothetical well, exactly. well, scenarios. Hey, good point though. How, how well can you know someone in one interview? You can't. How well can you know someone off a resume and a couple of dot points? How do you pick up their energy? Athena, I don't know if you know who Athena is, but she ran an event in the community yesterday on running your, uh, using your strengths. Mm. She goes, when I'm applying for jobs, if it's a paper-based application, I, it's much harder for me to get the first or deep into the interviews. If it's a video-based interaction, that's where my strengths are. I normally get much deeper. I get 100% of the second callbacks for those roles. Mm. And so this, this strange, funny system of your strengths getting you in the door is, is, is one thing. But to me, attitude is always like number one. Yep. Attitude is always number one. What's the point of someone who has on paper competency but doesn't have attitude? Attitude will, to me, trump experience. A lot of people who have experience, <laughs> a downside of experience, a lot of people, mainly if, you, if you're doing a new thing, something entrepreneurial, people who have experience of past a certain achievement milestone. They're not always that kind of motivated. And they're certainly sometimes less motivated to improve. Mm. You know, intelligence is super domain specific. My assumption is if someone has the right attitude, they can pick it up because mm. environment is more powerful than anything. So if you're in the environment, you've got people guiding you. My assumption is... You will, you will learn. For example, if someone's working with me for constant students, say Liam's out of the picture, you've got someone new. There's not really anything they're going to learn at school that's going to be relevant or university. It's going to be relevant at all. So yeah. a, de a degree or something, it's like, great, just put that over there. Now, who are you as a person? And to me, it doesn't even signify, a lot of people say, oh, but you've completed something. And obviously, as I'm a very big cynic of most people's <laughs> university pathways, mm -hmm. I would almost think, ah, is this person just going to see something through for the sake of it? Mm. So it almost like might work against someone who wants to work for me, maybe go to someone else then. Yeah. So that to me, it's no information or well, maybe negative information, but I'm very specific. Mm. But then the question is, all, right, all the information, like what's community building, what's the tech tools we're using, none of that takes long to learn. I didn't know it two years ago. Mm, absolutely. So this whole knowledge intelligence thing to me that's why the creativity is way more important because if they like, can think creatively that's rarer mm, mm. that's about, rarer so i'd optimize for that why like if it's if it's a creative role mm, right. like why is this person doing what they're doing that if you can somehow uncover like what the motivation is behind why they're applying for the position like they could for all you know just be in a transition phase looking to have a little bit of income exactly before that's they do something. Term. no that's like you're not going to get the most out of someone like that and also what if you get someone hyper intelligent but just cannot see outside of themselves or understand <laughs> like as in yeah understand yeah. when they've made a mistake or and learn from a mistake for example or yeah. can't work yeah, exactly. with people i, I want to make sure we clarify i don't hate on anyone who has 
good grades or intelligence no, or anything no, no, like no. that. I was making a contrast for an example. There, are, you can be incredibly smart and and creative, obviously, mm. but it doesn't have quite the merit I think that people endow it with. Is probably the takeaway. So. This is a great episode for someone who doesn't think that they have a big IQ or they're not academically strong. Hopefully you have a lot of belief. And I really think I really think you do. So I want to I want to continue. This is a really good thread to continue in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Again, probably talking a bit more about Ken's ideas himself. Education should not be knowledge based. So we'll be back tomorrow on the podcast. Remember to jump on the newsletter for a once a week summary. Just go to the link in the description, Everything Joe, and we'll see you again.